The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Matthew 1, 18-23 Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed by, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to plan her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is con- conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was who the who was with child, and, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place available for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Father, I pray on this Christmas Eve that you would speak to us. I pray that you would show us uh, in a, what for most of us is a very 
familiar story, that you would uh, somehow touch our hearts, that you would stir our hearts to worship of you, that the wonder that is uh, your son coming in flesh would take on a new luster and a new, uh, be a new source of joy in our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. So being a shepherd in ancient Palestine was a pretty terrible job. It was a pretty terrible position to be in. Uh, when, when you think about it, whenever it was cold, you could never truly get warm because you're having to sit out in the fields watching over your helpless sheep to make sure nobody comes in and steals them or no animals come in and takes advantage of them in the dark. So when it's cold, you can never get truly warm And when it's hot, you can never get really cooled down, and you would almost never in your entire life get clean. Think of what that would be like, to almost never in your entire life get actually clean. My son would love that kind of existence, but that's the way they live. You would would always have the, the smell of sweat and dirt and grime all over you, you would, you would always smell like smoke because you would be around a fire either cooking or keeping warm. Your, your fingernails would never ever be, be clean, they would always be dirty. Uh, your, your teeth would be bad, you would have terrible breath all the time. In fact, in your Jewish society, you would be what is called culturally unclean your entire life. That means you would not be able to participate in Jewish civil or religious life because you would always be ceremonially dirty. And not only that, but you as a person, uh, and you and your coworkers, if we can call them that, would probably have a really bad reputation with the people around you. You would have a bad reputation, number one, because you were a shepherd. There are all kinds of sayings that they had at the time about how untrustworthy a shepherd was. Uh, your coworkers probably didn't just have that reputation because they happened to be shepherds. They may, may very well be shepherds because they had a bad reputation. You'd probably never be able to truly trust yourselves or your possessions around the people that you would work with and sleep with. Not only that, not only did your coworkers have a bad reputation, but you had a bad reputation. Who knows what you had done in your life? And the people around you, when they would see you come into town, they would consider you as a person who is less than, lower than. You're dirty and you're grimy. You're always smelly. You're always dirty. You have a bad reputation. Your past is probably bad. Your present is bad. And there's no hope for a better future for you because if you are a shepherd in that society, that's what you're probably going to be the rest of your life. You're going to be untrustworthy and dirty the entire rest of your life. You didn't come from much, you didn't get paid much, and you would know in your heart that you would never amount to much. This is what low reputation you would have if you were a shepherd in ancient Palestine, that if you saw a crime being committed, you could not even be a witness in court to tell them such, because you were considered so untrustworthy that they wouldn't even allow your testimony in court. You were rough if you were a shepherd. You were dirty. You were grimy. But really, that's what the whole Christmas story is like, if you think about it. This whole thing that we call Christmas, the whole thing was dirty and smelly and grimy. 
from the very first news of Mary's pregnancy to the trip to Bethlehem to the nasty birth in a cave-like barn, the whole thing would be nasty and dirty and smelly and grimy. You think about the shepherds sitting in the field, what you might be picturing when we're singing the songs is them kind of laying around in a beautiful starlit night and they're hanging around just waiting for the angels to show up. But actually what they would be doing is they would either be sleeping in shifts in order to look over the sheep or they would be hanging around gambling or drinking or doing whatever the shepherds would do to while away the time when they're alone in the field at night. They were grimy, they were rough, they were dirty, and if you were there, you would be grimy, you'd be rough, you'd be dirty, and you'd be earthy. And that's the amazingly good news about Christmas. Think about what it would have been like if you're one of those shepherds sitting on that field in the middle of the night. Maybe it's cold and you're trying to keep yourself warm. Maybe you're sleepy and you're trying to stay awake to keep watch. These dusty, dirty, good-for-nothing shepherds in the field in the middle of the night. And then then they would be absolutely scared out of their minds. Think of how scared you are when your kid or your friend or your husband snuck up on you from behind and scared you. Think about the most scared you've ever been. Imagine what it'd be like to be sitting in the middle of the field at at dark. You're a grimy, dusty, good-for-nothing shepherd, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, suddenly, an angel appears, and it says the glory of God shone round about them. Imagine how bright that would be to your eyes. You're sitting out in the middle of the dark. It's absolutely pitch black dark outside of your fire circle ring. And then all of a sudden, a blinding light appears. And so it doesn't surprise us when we hear that the first thing that the angel said to the shepherds were, fear not. Think of how afraid they would just be from the mere appearance of a blinding light and an angel in the middle of nowhere. To you, a dirty, dusty, grimy, smelly shepherd. But the angel says, fear not. Because see, the shepherds had everything to fear. Their past was was bad, their presence was bad, their future seemed even worse. He imagined sitting there in the dark before it, the angel appeared, and maybe you were thinking about your life and you're thinking about the people that you would pass by in their warm houses whenever you would go to the store. You would see people who are living a normal life and they're smiling, but you know that you are an outcast in society and you will forever be an outcast. Maybe you think... Your fate is sealed. Maybe you think your past was bad. Maybe you think your present now is pretty bad. Doesn't Christmas sometimes bring that out for us? Like we can kind of live life a lot of the year and just kind of walk through life, but then Christmas comes and it's supposed to be a warm and fuzzy time with family, with full of meaning and full of joy and laughter, and you're sitting at home and you're thinking, I'm the only one. I'm alone, or I'm surrounded by people and nobody actually really cares. Maybe you're haunted by your past. 
Maybe things that you have done that you think you are bent and you're broken and you're marred, you're grimy and you're dusty and you're dirty and no one would ever want to be around you if they really knew what you had done and where you had been, what you had seen, what you had touched, what you had handled. Maybe things have been done to you in your past and you think, I'm marred and I'm broken. I'm grimy and I'm dirty and I'm dusty and no one would want to know me, no one wants to be around me, no one would want to actually value me or love me if they knew what had happened in my past and how it has marred my present and how I'm so afraid that it's going to mar my future and that my future is sealed. And no matter what hopes and dreams I used to have or I even entertain at times now, I know deep down inside I am doomed to repeat my past failures or I'm doomed to repeat the failures of my parents or I'm doomed to live out a marred life because of what has been done to me. Maybe you feel dirty and grimy and dusty and hopeless. And the message of Christmas to you this morning is just like the message was to those shepherds in the middle of that night. Fear not. The shepherds had a lot to fear, not only because of their past and the present and the future, but they had a lot to be afraid about because God's glory was now shining around them. And every time a person in the Old Testament is around the glory of God, they're afraid they're going to be undone. They're afraid they're going to die on the spot. In fact, there was an expectation, sort of a myth or a, a belief in uh, Judaism at this time is that if you saw an angel, it meant you're about to die. And the reason was that because people had a sense that God is holy and I am not. And so if God is coming and I'm going to be in his presence, that means he's going to wipe me out and annihilate me. And these, these Jewish shepherds who are always ceremonially unclean as they're sitting on that, on that field and the glory of God shines about around them and an angel standing before them, they knew judgment was coming. They knew that's what this meant. Until the angel said, fear not. Maybe you feel like I came here on a Christmas Eve. That's what you do. You attend a church and you do a worship service on Christmas Eve. And I'm coming in because I feel obligated to or to check a box off or to assuage a sense of guilt that I have inside me, but I know that I can't really fully engage in this God thing because of all the things that I've done or I am doing or I know I'm going to do when I leave here. Randy, you don't know where I was last night. You don't know where I was last week. You don't know the things that I've done and the, things, the situations I'm in now, and I know that it's going to haunt me the rest of my life. I'm never going be to be able to get out of this pattern of life. The angel says to you, as he said to those shepherds, do not fear. Why? Because for, he says, behold. This is the sneaky thing about Christmas is that Christmas is really easy to miss. The whole area, the whole region of Judea, the only people who really knew what was going on was Mary and Joseph and now these dirty, dusty, grimy, good-for-nothing shepherds. 
all the other people who are around, all the religious people, all the polite people, all the people of good repute, they missed what was happening underneath their very noses because they were looking for a Messiah to come and they were there looking for him to come in a very different way. The angel says, don't be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. So if you're sitting here this morning and you have a fear that your future is locked in and is determined by your past or your present and you can never break out of it, you can never get out of that cycle, the good news comes to you of great joy. It's for you. The good news is for you. It's not good news out generally for people at large. It's not good news for somebody somewhere else or somebody in this room in a different seat for you. From you, the good news is good news for you. That your future isn't faded because of your past or your present. Because Jesus changed everything. Fear not, he says, for unto you. Unto you, shepherds, the grimy and the dirty ones, the smelly ones, the unclean ones. To you, every person in this room, we put on our Christmas best today. I don't I guess it's my Christmas best. We come in here and, we, and we're like, the place is decorated and everybody's smiling because everybody's anticipating Christmas. And, but you, underneath, you feel dirty and grimy and left out and alone. And so the message comes to you this morning, the good news of great joy to you. Why? Because unto you is born in the city of David, a savior. The good news is that you and I no longer have to live in fear of our, of our dirty and grimy and earthy state. Why? Because God entered into our dirty and our grimy and our earthly state. Think of where that baby was at that very moment when the shepherds were hearing the news. He was in a dirty, grimy, smelly stable around dirty and grimy and smelly animals. His parents had just finished a long trip, so they were probably dirty and grimy themselves. And on top of that, a woman had just given birth in that place. It was not an antiseptic, clean place. Jesus entered into our filth and into our dirt and into our grime in order to give those of us who are marred forever by dirt and mess and grime to give us hope. In the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the good news of hope and joy that made the angels sing and wonder and change the shepherds themselves. What was the good news? Is that God is now with us. Not just with us in a general sense, but he came to us and became one of us. He entered into our dirt and grime. Then when the shepherds went to the stable to see the one who had been born there, the savior of the world, Christ the Lord, they saw him as a babe that had come in human form. God is now with us. Let that 
on this Christmas Eve morning, let that sink into your thirsty heart this morning. God is with us. The hopeless have found hope. The joyless have found joy. Why? Not because your circumstances look any different, but because God is with us. And that changes. Sometimes it changes the circumstances, but it will change the long-term future for all of us who trust in him. Let that enliven your holiday-weary soul this morning. Aren't you kind of tired this morning, especially if you're a parent? And you've been trying to get everything ready, and you're afraid it's not going to get ready. If you're traveling or have traveled, your holiday-weary soul, the good news that you need, the thing to enliven you is not more sleep, though that would be nice. The thing that you need to enliven you is to see and to recognize and to realize with fresh eyes and with fresh heart that God is now with us. Let that pour into the hidden recesses of your inner depression and your secret anxiety and your secret sin and your secret shame, those places, those secret recesses and pits in your hole, and those holes in your, in your soul and your heart that you don't want anybody to see because you're so ashamed of them deep and let that pour into those deep recesses. God is with us. Your grimy, your gritty, your earthly king has come and has become one of us and that changes everything. He came not only into the dirt and grime and dust as a baby, but he would live a perfect life and then in the ultimate way to take on our grime and our dirt and our dust and our sin and our anxiety and our depression and our everything, our brokenness, he bore it on the cross because he was born to die. And by that act, he shows us that your dirt and your dust and your grime is not permanent because he took it. The angels then say, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among the, those with whom he is pleased. God's glory previously, whenever he would show up and show off his nature and character and it would be viewed as a great blinding flashing light. It, the Bible describes it as that God dwells in unapproachable light. That was up until this moment. It was unapproachable light, but now it was approachable in the most approachable of ways. As a helpless, peasant, poor family's baby and a dirty, dusty, grimy stable for a dirty and dusty and grimy people. But who would really want to approach that kind of glory? That kind of dirty, dusty, grimy glory? Well, you don't want to, it's repulsive to you, unless you're like one of those shepherds. And 
you are at an end of yourself and you know that you are dirty and that you are dusty and you are grimy and there is no hope for any future left in yourself and then you see hope in the person of Jesus. Maybe you find yourself in a bit of a mess this Christmas Eve. That's good. Because that's where the wonder of Christmas is found. That's where the good news is actually found and experienced to be good news. That's where joy and peace are found. So I encourage you this morning as we continue our Christmas Eve worship to go with your dirty and your grimy fellow shepherds and gaze at that dirty baby in that stable. Go and know God is with us. God is with you. And join Mary in her wonderment and the angels in singing and the heavenly amazement because God with us and that has changed everything 2,000 years ago and the truth of who he is and what he has done for us is changing everything and will change everything to come and if you haven't yet let this Christmas Eve morning be the day that you put your faith and trust as a fellow dirty and grimy member of society and to the one who came into our dirt and grime and took it for us and bore it on the cross and he is our Lord and our King. And isn't that a Lord and King that is worth worshiping from a gut level on this Christmas Eve morning? Yeah. He would be worthy of all praise if he never did it because he's God but we love him now because he did. Father, this Christmas Eve, let the truth that you are now with us refresh our hearts. Let it enliven our souls. Let it pour into the recesses of our hearts that we hold back from anybody else because we're afraid that it's actually going to define us and define our future. Let the truth that you came, that you are here in the presence of your Holy Spirit and that you're coming again, help us find a new sense of identity and joy and wonder this Christmas. It's in his name we pray.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church. We are so glad that you took the time to join us today. At Doxa, we exist to make disciples who joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. We invite you to join us. Doxa Church meets at 10 a.m. every Sunday at River Oaks Elementary School. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org.